Welcome to the Agency Growth Machine Podcast, where it's all about transforming potential into profit. And now your host, Randy Schwantz. Hey, this is Randy Schwantz, and welcome to another edition, another episode of Agency Growth Machine, where it's all about transforming potential into profit. Hey, I just wrote an article for the Insurance Journal, and I titled it Overcoming Fear in 18 Minutes or Less. And in that article, I said I'd put up a podcast about that so we could go in more depth. And so here it is. Here's the podcast on overcoming fear in 18 minutes or less. I'm in my hotel room. It's early. It's about 6.30 on a Thursday morning. And I'm using my iPhone to record this. I hope that the quality is good enough for you. So let's dig in. Fear. Fear. Fear is the number one killer of sales performance. And because of fear, man, there's a lot of salespeople that avoid making cold calls. I know that I had a period in my life where I was afraid. I was scared. I had fear to pick up the phone and make a cold call. And um, I would... um, dance around. I didn't dance like a bear, but I mean, I would, I'd get it from my, my desk and I'd go get a cup of coffee and I'd come back and I'd get ready to pick up the telephone. And I go, ah, that's probably not a good prospect. I'd go search another one, find another one, get ready to call it and go, yeah, I need to go to the bathroom. And then I'd get up and go to the bathroom and then I'd come back and I'd look at it and I'd get ready to make a phone call. And you know, I, I'm kind of hungry. So then go in and go get something to munch on and come back and Get ready to do it and then go, you know, why don't I just send them a letter? I think I'll just send them a letter, send them an email, uh, and then I, I would avoid, avoid, avoid. And all I'm saying is because of fear, there are a lot of salespeople, and, and certainly I was one of them, that would avoid making cold calls. And it's an expensive problem. Look, they also avoid asking clients for introductions because of fear. They avoid setting meaningful and powerful goals because of fear. They avoid asking difficult questions to prospects because of fear. And as a result, grossly underperform in relationship to what their perceived talent. Now, when you sit there and go, perceived talent, that's their potential. I see their potential being up here. That's that's my perception. But they're playing at this level. And there's a big old performance gap. And all I'm saying to you is that underperformance is very expensive for both you, the agency owner, and you, the producer. Let's do the math real fast. Let's do it as an agency owner. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to compare a high performer to an average performer over not a one year or three year, but over a 10 year period of time. Imagine, you know, if you're in your 30s, 40s, or 50s as an agency owner, you got many producers going to be with you for another 10 years and longer, and you're going to be running this agency. So look at it that way. Now, here's the deal. Average performer might grow a book of business, let's say in the range of $300,000 annualized revenue. A high performer would grow a book of business in the range of 600000 up to a million in revenue. So let's just take the, the gap between 300000 and 600000 That's $300,000 a year. Over a 10-year period of time, that's $3 million revenue in the door of your agency. Now, let's suppose it's a, a really high performance. It, it's a million-dollar producer. That's 700000 That's $7 million over a 10-year period of time. Now, if you're an average agency and you've got, we'll say, six, seven, eight, nine, ten producers, there's a chance that two, three, or four people, because of fear, because of fear, they're not prospecting, because of fear, they're not asking for introductions, because of fear, they don't have powerful goals that motivate and drive them, because of fear. Well, when you multiply it times two, three, or four people, at, we'll say, $6 million revenue in the door 
four times six, that's $24 million over a 10-year period of time. So for $24 million revenue to the bottom line, do you think it makes sense to go attack this problem? Look, if this was one of your clients and they had a mod that was 1.3, wouldn't you bring loss control to the table? Wouldn't you attack that problem? You know, if they had, because of poor loss control, if they were having claims and people weren't, you know, coming back to work, wouldn't you attack that problem with the return to work program? Wouldn't you attack that with claims management and getting those things closed out? I mean, if they had coverage of gaps, wouldn't you attack that problem? So now I'm saying, why wouldn't you attack this problem? Well, maybe the only reason is you never thought about it or you don't have a way to do it. And that's what I'm going to try to help you with today. But that's from an agency owner perspective. Now let's be a producer. Think about it as a producer. If you're a $300,000 a year producer, you're probably making around hundred grand. you are paying Uncle Sam you know, 30% off the top. You're living on $70,000 a year. What's the chance that you are saving anywhere in the range of 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, $65,000 a year for the next 20 years? Well, it's a low chance. And here's what I want you to be thinking about. My experience was, you've heard it, I've got four kids. My financial advisor said I had to save $65,000 a year after tax dollars for 20 years to be able to pay for four cars, four weddings, four universities, and fund my retirement. I talk to producers all over the planet, go, what's your new business goal? What's driving you? And they give me a number and I say, well, well, how much are you saving? You know, with that new business goal, how much you're growing your book? And then what does that, what does that turn into in terms of savings capability? See, here's what I want you to write down. It's not how much you make, it's how much you save that creates wealth. And so if you're an agency owner, you know, you got producers that, They've got that potential somewhere. Now, how do we go tap into it? And what's the number one biggest impediment is, in most cases, fear. Now, you could say, well, no, Randy, it's apathy. They just don't care. But one of the ways that people deal with fear is to say they don't care, because if they care, then they'd always be in like this angst. And so the best way to, to deal with it and justify it is, I don't really care. I'm okay with what I got. But man, if you can start to peel back the layers of fear and help them help them deal with that, all of a sudden, man, you can turn them into from average producer to high performing producer. And all of a sudden, this becomes a great place to work. It's great for them. It's great for you. It's great for everybody. And I, I'll tell you what. As, as a producer, as a human being, as a father or a mother, um, I was just talking to one of our guys. He goes, you know, they got into some credit card debt, and he had to pay off a credit card of about $23,000 at the end of the year. If he hadn't had the money, that credit card debt would continue to loom over them. It would have been rough. It messed up the relationship. It was hard for them to talk because she knew she spent it. He knew she spent it. And... It, it created just a lot of angst in the relationship. So having money gives you a chance to pay that stuff off and keep the relationship going. Uh, had another guy say that he had a seven-month-old baby, and um, uh, he wanted his wife driving around with their seven-month-old baby in uh, a nice car. So I think he, he bought him uh, either a Suburban or a Tahoe, but a big, big, powerful, boom, strong SUV so they could be safe. That having that money made them feel good. I know in my own personal experience, I mean, all my kids were athletes. And so having the money 
to not only put them in club sports and go travel and be in hotels and, and be with them and be with the team and experience that with them, but also the additional I mean, many times we pay $100 an hour for private coaching to learn how to shoot a basketball better. And I'd go to a lot of those private workouts with with uh, uh, Coach Hill was his name. And, man, he'd, he'd drive my girls, like, he'd drive them into the to the court, man. And he'd put them out on a three, three-point line and go all the way around their perimeter. Man, he'd, he's getting a rebound, popping them, popping them, popping them, popping them. And they're putting up shot. They're sweating like pigs. But that made them better. And having that opportunity to do that made me feel good, all because I had the freedom of money. Now, I'm not a money freak. I'm not a a greedy guy, and I bet you're not either. Money creates freedom. And the biggest impediment to you having the money you want, in most cases, is fear. So I'm at this office a couple of days ago, uh, working with an agency I've been working with four or five years. They and, and we, we did our morning session. It was awesome. In the afternoon, I got to meet with five newer producers, and we started working them through. Um, um, well, basically, I, I had a couple questions for them, and I'm going to share those questions for you. I, I've just sat down with them as I got them in the room. I had three male, two female. They're all between the age of 22 and 26, uh, all the way from kind of new to uh, three years in the business. And I just kind of went around. I go, you know, how long have you been doing this job? What kind of progress have you made in that period of time? And then and they would tell me. And then I'd go, suppose it's a year from now, and we're back here in this boardroom, and you're telling me, God, Randy, it's been awesome. I mean, what would have had to happen? And then they told me. And then I would, I would kind of go, okay, well, great. So then in order for you to manifest that one-year vision, what's your biggest challenge? And then you could kind of see their hearts opening up and their souls opening up and their face. And they go, well, you know, mine is like, uh, yeah, I need, I, need to, I need to make a lot more prospect calls. Okay. And why aren't you? And he stopped, and he looked at me, and he goes, fear. Really? Yeah. So at that very moment, here's what I ask him to do, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. When they do that, you say, get out the dictionary. Awesome. Get out the dictionary right now. Boom. Pull it out. And I had him do that. And I said, now, what I want you to do is look up the definition of fear, and I want you to write it out, not like a sentence, but I want you to stack the words on top of each other. So... The definition of fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. Now, let me tell you where I'm getting ready to go with this. Uh, There's Dr. Albert Bandura, uh, a a brilliant psychologist, can come up with this theory and kind of proved it that, you know, our thoughts drive our emotions, our emotions drive our behaviors, and our behaviors end up with the results, right? So... Uh, if my thought is, oh, my gosh, getting on the phone is going to be horrible. It's going to be scary. I don't know what to say. People are going to be mean. Then also not have this emotional response somewhere in my gut or my body that uh, it makes me feel bad. And then my behavior is I avoid picking up the telephone. And, and I, I know that I've proven that true to myself millions of times. Thought drives emotions. Emotions drive behavior. My thoughts were, and and I'll go back to my cold calling days when I did a bunch. When I first started my business, I I sat down in front of my computer. (laughs) This is the truth. I I would reach for the telephone. And uh, when I did, 
the thought that popped up in my mind is the guy I was about to call was a bald-headed guy with a stogie in his mouth and this old deep gruff voice and when I when I picked up the phone and call him he kind of got like what the hell do you want and that's what I'd hear and then I I feel like crap and then and then I I would decide not to call him and that's the trash that was going on inside my head before I ever picked up the telephone so I'm absolute believer that thought drives emotions drives behavior now what drives thought and those are our words and what I believe and why this experiment, what we're asking you to do is so important is that if we can deconstruct some of the words we use, like fear, like I'm afraid, then all of a sudden it changes how we think, which then changes our emotional state, which then enables us to pick up the phone or enables us to then um, ask for introductions from our clients or then ask it enables us to ask, you know, tougher, better, deeper questions of our prospects and rehearse them through, uh, you know, find the incumbent and all this sort of stuff so that it all turns out better. So words affect our thoughts. So once again, ask the guy, look it up, fear, an unpleasant, and then read it out loud to me. Here you go, an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. I go, awesome, that's good. Now let's go take those words, look up each word. What is unpleasant? Uncausing discomfort, causing discomfort, unhappiness, or revulsion. All right, so then I just go, look, is there anywhere else in your life where you have unpleasantness? Other things cause discomfort. Yeah, you know, being in traffic is discomfortable. Uh, lifting weights is uncomfortable. And he went through a number of things like that. Okay, well, how do you deal with that? Uh, just just go with it. Okay, let's go on down. What is an emotion? Uh, and it goes, you know, we look at the definition. It's a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. All right. So then basically you get this discomfort. That is derived from what's going on in your mind or your mood or this relationship you have with this person that you never even talked to. All right. All right. Let's keep going. Next word is cause. What is cause? It's just make something happen. Make happen. All right. By the belief. Now, this is interesting. This is really interesting. Look at belief. I told him, yeah, what's, that, what's the definition of belief? An acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. And see, that word, an acceptance that a statement is true means that it might not be, but I accepted it as true. Uh, here's the point I'm trying to go. As I start working these kids down through these definitions, then I sit there and go, all right, so you've accepted that it's true. That someone or something, and even that, look, go look that up. So someone is an unspecified person. So someone or something is dangerous. What is dangerous? Is able or likely to cause harm or injury. Now, if you look up the word harm or injury, it's a physical thing. Okay, so somebody's going to physically beat you up, cut you up, slash you up, do something. No, they're not. All right. And as we start to go through this definition and make them think through word by word and kind of kind of define and defend what's going on here, after a while, what this dude said was, I'm not afraid. I mean, that, there's no fear. And what it finally came down to is, I just don't know what to do when I get on the phone. And it became a training problem, not a fear problem. So the point I want to make is that we will take a 55-gallon drum 
put the word fear on it and throw all these emotions into it. And then that becomes a big showstopper that prevents us from feeling enough okay to then pick up and do the phone behavior to make the calls. Now, I don't know what you got out of that, but I I know that I've done this hundreds of times with people where I just go, and I've done it myself, get out the dictionary, look up the word, is that really what's going on? No, no, now that now I've looked up, it's I'm really I'm not afraid. I I don't think somebody's going to threaten me. I don't think somebody's going to beat me up. Wow, it's crazy that I accepted that as true. Um, yeah, it's a little bit unpleasant, but basically, all I need to know is what to say or what to do, and then it comes down to training. <clears throat> so then that's why, like the big movement in the you know our I Win Agency Growth System is. You know, and we use a phrase like the difference between where you are today and where your firm's going to be five years from now is direct proportion to your ability to develop, develop your sales team. So developing them means working them through this stuff, training them what to say. I'm going to develop them from where they are to where they're going to be. I'm going to develop their potential. Now, think about this. If you had a child, you know, that said, hey, I want to play basketball. You know, you, so you buy them a basketball. And you go, there you are. You're on your own. No, you wouldn't do that. You go, here's a basketball, man. Let's get involved with you in the team. Let's go get some coaching. Let's go develop your basketball skills. Let's teach you how to play offense, defense. Let's teach you how to dribble. Let's teach you how to do crossover. Let's teach you how to do a finger roll, a layup, a jump shot, a three-pointer. Let's talk about your feet, your stance, your position, where your hand goes at the top of the deal. Let's teach you how to play defense. Let's get you out there so we can develop you into a basketball player. But too many times in the world of business, and specifically in the world of the the insurance business, we hire a producer, we put them over there, and we we sent them off to some training in the early days, and then we said, you're on your own. We gave you a basketball. Go figure it out. And here's what I know is you would never do that to your children. I mean, what kind of parent would that be? So why would you do it to your producers? And I'm asking you to really think about that because it's such a huge opportunity for you and them. When you get into the producer development business, attacking their fears the same way you would attack a workers' comp issue, a missing coverage issue, a wellness issue, attack this the same way, then you'll develop your producer's through that, and when you get on the other end, it could be as much as three, five, ten, fifteen, twenty million dollars of revenue to your firm over a decade. Now, you might be saying, Well, a decade, that's a long time, Randy. But I'll tell you what, ten years from now you'll be looking back in the mirror and go, Man, that's good. That's good. And I know that's been my experience. I mean, when I was I'm sixty one now. When I was forty two is when I sat down with my financial advisor and created my goals. And that's when he said, Randy, you gotta save sixty-five thousand dollars a year. It took me about twenty-four months to increase my income to where I could. And ever since then, man, I've been on track like crazy. Saving, 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 saving. I look at my account now and By most people's standards, they'd say Randy's a wealthy guy. I don't tell you that to brag at all. I tell you that 10 years from now, you're going to look in the rearview mirror and say either, man, I took advantage of my opportunity or I squandered my opportunity. 
And one of the biggest impediments to taking advantage of your opportunity is breaking down fear, looking at what it really is, which in most cases is just a training issue with enough reps to where now people know what to say, what to do, setting goals to get them clear on what they want, and now bringing enough of that to the table, developing people through that so they can then go perform like crazy, take care of their family, feel pride, all those things it means to to be a great parent, to be a great spouse. And then for you, an agency owner, I mean, you get the benefit of that for you as well, but also the benefit to the growth of your agency. So, man, I hope hope this is meaningful to you. And I'm going to keep coming back to this. This is at the heart of so much agency growth, and it's at the heart of the movement I want to help create in agencies where we're, we're developing our existing people and we're finding, hiring, and developing new producers into it, and we're giving them this massive opportunity to create financial independence, making your place a great place to work, making the insurance business a great place to, 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 to hang up your deal, your shingle, and making it great for everybody. So, in closing off, this is Randy Schwantz with the Wedge Group. Uh, We bring the Iowan Agency Growth System to the table for agencies that want to get into the producer development business. I hope you have a great day.